This week, the Comics Guys Explain Black Adam, Part 1. Yes, thank you, Ben. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to uh, Explain That Comics Guys. This time, we will be talking about uh, Black Adam. And they say everyone is someone's favorite superhero, and this is The Rock's favorite superhero. <laughs> As I think he's been trying to get this uh, movie made since I was, like, I don't know, in college. Uh, this is the first time I think I remember hearing about this. Right. So, even if it's bad, I'm just excited to no longer hear this conversation. But, uh, you know, not everyone is familiar at, with uh, Black Adam as The Rock is. So, uh, Darren. I was going to say, but we are. Where should we start with? Yeah, we are. So, Black Adam has, has come into prominence uh, as a character pretty recently right like kind of basically since the 90s um but he actually goes all the way back to uh 1945 for his very first appearance um he was uh the bad guy in marvel family number one published by Fawcett comics back in december of 1945 so that is uh you know it's right after world war ii and all of the golden age companies are like suddenly realizing uh, we need, you know, to have a bunch more new bad guys because we have to replace like the Nazis, basically. <laughs> right. Like, it's you know, we for, for years, our superheroes have been beating up the Nazis and now we don't have them anymore to kick around. So uh, it's time to create a bunch more new supervillains. And uh, Fawcett, uh, you know, had their most popular characters, obviously, were Captain Marvel. Uh, and his assorted spin-off characters. Uh, he had Captain Marvel Jr., and he had Mary Marvel, and he had Uncle Marvel, and all of these other uh, different Marvels that were kicking around. And so Marvel Family was a new comic that they were introducing, basically that was like going to be like a team-up of all of them, right? And so at any, you know, they could put any of the assorted Marvel characters uh, in it as a, you know, at, at, as a group, basically. Uh, uh, so in issue number one, we have uh, this bad guy, Black Adam, just appears, you know, at the very beginning of the story with no explanation. Um, and he is wearing a version of Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr.'s costume, right? Like they, you know, Captain Marvel's costume is like bright red with a cape and he has a big yellow lightning bolt. And uh, Captain Marvel Jr. has the cape and then a blue costume with a bright yellow uh, lightning bolt. And this guy has a black costume with the bright yellow lightning bolt in the center. So immediately they're kind of like, well, why does this guy look like us, right? Like, why is this guy wearing a costume like ours? And the hero or the villain who is basically just like a evil version of the hero is, or like a, he's not just an but has the costume of an evil version. Right, the, the opposite. Hero. They're literally the opposite of the hero, right? Yeah, is like a pretty common thing uh, nowadays. Like, I think I can name, you know, tons of heroes who have that as uh, one of their main antagonists. But at this time, was that like a common? Specifically like this, literally just being like the, you know, having the same powers and same costume. It was not. It was a, it was a pretty new idea. Okay, that's really cool. I wonder who the first one, who the first real one to do that was. That's a good question. We would have to do some research, I think. Certainly he predates like Bizarro and stuff, so I don't know. Uh... Yeah, I mean, Bizarro was the one who I was thinking was maybe competitive, but uh, right, I don't but know. He's, he's a few years before Bizarro. Bizarro doesn't show up until the late 40s, so. Okay, very cool. And then like Reverse Flash is, I think, seven. 60s, yeah. 
sixties, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh. Sorry to interrupt. Let's get. Yeah. Moving. No. Not at all. So he shows up in the middle of the city and is immediately starts ordering people around like they're his slaves, right? And you know, is being super arrogant and showing off his superpowers to like frighten people and everything, um, and is just acting very kind of like superior, basically. And so Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman, who are uh, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. in their secret identities, uh, see this and they're like, well, what's going on? Who, you know, who does this guy think he is? And so they transform. Uh, they say their magic words and transform into the heroes and go kind of like confront him. And it turns out that Black Adam is not only just dressed like them, but has exactly the same powers as them. And so they try to get into a fight. Uh, but they can't really kind of resolve the fight, right? Like Captain uh, Black Adam is just as strong as they are. He's just as fast as they are, etc. So they kind of like, they drive him away, but they didn't see which way he escaped. So they, and he also has the speed of Mercury. So, uh, you know, they, they, they're not sure, you know, they, they lose him basically. And they're like, well, that guy was dressed like us and he has our powers. We should go talk to the wizard Shazam and see if he knows anything about who this guy is. And so they travel to the uh, Rock of Eternity, which is kind of like the the, the big mountain in which the, uh, the the wizard Shazam, who gave them their powers, uh, lives. And he says, actually, yes, turns out you guys are not the first champions that I created. First people I gave powers to, uh, to be, uh, you know, to, to, to be heroes on Earth, right? 5,000 years ago, I gave the powers to a guy named Teth Adam in ancient Egypt. And he was going to be my champion. And for several years, he did good deeds and, you know, was a, was a hero on earth in ancient Egypt. But then he kind of became corrupted. Uh, he, uh, you know, felt that, uh, you know, his powers made him superior to ordinary people. And uh, he basically like tried to conquer ancient Egypt and like make ordinary humans his slaves. And so uh, I couldn't allow that. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, went down. I, it was, I couldn't take back the powers that I gave him um, and I couldn't kill him, but I banished him to beyond the farthest star in the universe. And that's the line that he gives is that's, that's where I sent him. And so it turns out that if you fly at top speed using Captain Marvel's, uh, you know, powers uh, from the top speed, you know, from the farthest star in the universe, you can get back to Earth in 5,000 years. And so for the last 5,000 years, he's been flying back to Earth to get his revenge, which you kind of have to admit is pretty cool, <laughs> right? Like that's, you know, so suddenly you've got kind of like a neat bad guy who's been like working this hard for revenge for the last 5,000 years, right? Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So, yeah, so cooler than your typical, you know, superhero, supervillain, bad guy of the Golden Age, uh, definitely. Um, so they go out and search for him now knowing that, you know, like what his what his story is anyway. But they're certainly like concerned because he's once again just as powerful as they are. Um, he figures out what's going on and ambushes uh, Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman in their secret identities and captures them. Uh, and like binds them so that they can't say their magic word. This gets the rest of the Marvel family involved when they learn that their friends, you know, Billy and Freddie have been kidnapped. And so Mary Marvel comes in and rescues 
uh, uh, the two boys and freeze them. Uh, and now we're in a, you know, kind of like a three-on-one fight that is still somehow Black Adam is like too powerful to be beaten. The character who shows up at this point is the comedy relief character of the Marvels, who is Uncle Dudley. And <laughs> Uncle Dudley Marvel is, you know, kind of like a, he, he's a gag character who is an old man who's kind of a con man. Uh, and he dresses up like a, you know, superhero, except that he's like really fat and, uh, you know, out of shape, basically, and claims to have superpowers, which for whatever reason, he can't actually show you right now. Right. So he's like pretending to be a superhero, but he isn't really. But somehow he's this lovable old, you know, con artist and, uh, you know, like the family keeps him around and he is still basically a good guy, even though he's kind of a, you know, scam. And so at a at a point in which like the he, Black Adam has managed to kind of like separate himself from the other heroes, Uncle Dudley confronts him and begins to, uh, you know, kind of like give him this whole kind of like line of baffling foolishness about how he's just about to beat him, um, just like that wizard whose name I can't remember. Right? And he keeps trying to remember the name of the wizard Shazam. And Black Adam is like, you know, in the middle of like fighting the other villains, gets so frustrated with Uncle Dudley getting Shazam's name wrong that he finally like says, no, you idiot. His name is Shazam. This, of course, causes him to get struck by his lightning bolt and he turns back into his human form. Now, his human form is many thousands of years old, and he hasn't turned back in 5,000 years. So when he turns back to his human form, he immediately crumbles into dust, you know, uh, as like a, you know, as, as a decayed corpse, basically, and just kind of like collapses on the ground and disappears. And that is how the heroes defeat him. Uh, it's a pretty awesome uh, story for the time period. It is. It's, I mean, it's got a funny ending, you know, but we introduced this kind of like cool character, uh, you know, that's added to the mythos of uh, the, you know, the, Mar the Marvel family. Um, at one point in the middle of the story, somebody actually points out, uh, you know, the, the gods that gave him his powers, right? Like the gods that gave us their powers, some of them weren't even around yet when he got his powers. Right. So they ask Shazam, they're like, well, it's, you know, Solomon hadn't been born yet. Hercules and all those guys hadn't turned up yet. So uh, it turns out that uh, Black Adam got his powers, his gifts from a completely different set of gods whose names happened to also spell out Shazam. So he got like the, the stamina of Shu and the strength of Hershef and the power of Amon, the wisdom of Zahuti was actually not really an Egyptian god. It's just another name for Thoth, but it's kind of hard to find Zs in Egyptian. Uh, the speed of Anthu and the courage of Menthu. All of these are, you know, like Egyptian gods sort of at the time that clearly Otto Binder had, you know, looked up in an encyclopedia or something. Right. But, uh, you know, so fun story. Nothing terribly earth-shaking but he is kind of like notable for being the first bad guy to appear in that comic uh you know in that particular new series and everything but he doesn't appear again he's done that's a, he was one and done and he died at the end of the story and you know Asset goes on uh, publishing many more captain marvel stories and completely kind of forgets about this guy so Fawcett goes out of business in the 1950s, and if you want to hear that whole story, please go check out the, you know, the Superman versus Captain Marvel, the DC versus Fawcett, basically, uh, podcast episode. Um, but DC winds up 
uh, in the 70s, licensing and uh, eventually taking over ownership of the Captain Marvel character. And so in 1977, uh, well, that started in 74, 75, but by 1977, the writer of the Shazam comic for DC uh, is E. Nelson Bridwell. And Nelson Bridwell was famous as kind of like the continuity guy in the DC offices. Right? He'd read all the Golden Age comics. He knew all the backstories of all of the characters. The other writers would come to him for, uh, you know, like information, basically, to like tell them some weird fact about Superman that they couldn't find out from anybody else because um, he'd memorized all of it. And so when he was writing Shazam, he was like, you know what? I always liked that Black Adam story. I always thought that was one of the coolest of the Captain Marvel stories. Uh, you know, even though he dies at the end, I'm going to find a way to bring him back in my modern day Captain Marvel comic. So he writes a just completely bonkers story uh, in Shazam Comics number 28, in which the archvillain uh, Dr. Savannah uh, has developed a device called a resurrection machine, which brings dead people back to life, conveniently enough. And the first guy he uses it on is Black Adam, because Black Adam was a powerful enough, you know, kind of like a, a menace to Captain Marvel that like he, you know, I'll bring him back and get him to fight Captain Marvel for me. This is a very complicated story with a hundred different things going on in it. But basically, the heroes travel back in time from the Rock of Eternity for this battle, which winds up taking place in like revolutionary America of 1776. And Billy Batson meets Paul Revere and a whole bunch of other stuff goes on. Um, and Savannah uh, basically tries to uh, get Black Adam to kill the wizard knowing that if he did so, then when the wizard died, all of his powers would go away and both Captain Marvel and Black Adam would lose their superpowers, which is part of Savannah's plan. He's perfectly willing to sacrifice his pawn of Black Adam in order to kill like his, you know, his bad guy. Black Adam, of course, is smart enough to figure this out partway through and realizes I don't actually want to kill the guy who gave me my powers. And so he kind of like turns on Savannah and decides to just kill Captain Marvel straight up just by beating him to death rather than, you know, any kind of like fancy strategy. Once again, uh, as kind of like a callback to the previous story, Uncle Dudley gets involved and once again tricks Black Adam into accidentally saying the name Shazam again. This <laughs> turns him back into a person, but this time it doesn't kill him, right? Because he's been resurrected. He's just turned into the ordinary Egyptian dude uh, that he was 5,000 years ago. Captain Marvel then punches him exactly hard enough to give him amnesia. <laughs> this is apparently okay. one of Captain Marvel's powers, is that he can actually, like, you know, measure his punch so so precisely that he won't kill a guy, but he will, in fact, give him amnesia. Man, he needs to whip that one out in the, uh, in the current crisis of that. Right? Yeah, exactly. It seems like it would be a really handy skill to have. Yeah, absolutely. But so it gives him amnesia, and so now he doesn't remember that he's Black Adam. He can't remember his, you know, his his magic word or anything like that. And he just gets sent back to Earth to live, apparently in the modern day, as a guy, a, a guy from ancient Egypt five thousand years ago is just going to fit into, you know, American society in nineteen seventy seven. Apparently, sure, we're we're not going to deal with that problem again. Um, and so once again, it's a, it's a one and done story, 
right? Like the, the comic doesn't go on long enough for him to ever come back, basically. So we don't see him again uh, until 1985 when we have the crisis, first crisis on Infinite Earths. And Black Adam has somehow gotten his powers back and is shown as one of the villains of Earth-S, which is one of the Earths that's being all kind of like crushed together to make our current universe, right? To make our, to make the, the post-crisis world. And so we establish that he exists. He shows up in like three panels of crisis along with a group of a bunch of other Captain Marvel bad guys. But now we've established that he exists, you know, in this post crisis setting right right so post crisis uh we have a mini series a limited series that comes out that's written by roy thomas with art by tom mandrake um and uh this is in 1987 it's the spring of 1987 and we have a series called shazam the new beginning and this will be the post crisis adventures of captain marvel now taking place on the same earth as all of the other superheroes of the DC universe, because remember, everything that had happened before that had happened on Earth-S, the parallel universe where Captain Marvel was the greatest superhero, not Superman, right? Uh, and so in this story, we now have, uh, we kind of like reveal his backstory again, which is basically the same story as the Golden Age version, because God knows Roy Thomas also had, you know, read every issue of Captain Marvel from back in the 40s. Except in this case, rather than just banished in outer space, uh, Shazam sent him to another dimension to, you know, get rid of him, basically, when he turned into a bad guy in ancient Egypt. And so once again, Savannah uh, frees him and you know, brings him out to like team up against a, a, a team up against Captain Marvel. So this is kind of like a combo of the two stories from before, right? Like it's a, the one story uh, uh, in which Shazam banished him. And then the second story in which Savannah kind of like brought him back, basically are kind of squished into one story. Um, he fights Captain Marvel in these stories. He loses and, uh, over the course of, you know, a few issues of, like, fighting with each other, he winds up accidentally, get, or not even accidentally, Captain Marvel intentionally sends him back to the dimension that Shazam had banished him to in the first place. And once again, that's where he kind of disappears from the story. Captain Marvel continues to fight Savannah and more stuff happens, but Black Adam's kind of gone from the storyline. He doesn't show up again in that continuity, right? Like, in that set of stories. Um... But DC decides after the crisis that uh, they want Jerry Ordway to take over a new ongoing Captain Marvel story and a, a new Captain Marvel series, basically. Um, and this one will be called The Power of Shazam. And this is in uh, 1994. So DC basically kind of undoes all of the continuity of the post-crisis appearances of Captain Marvel, like the the Shazam, the New Beginning limited series, is basically removed from continuity, just overwritten, basically. Like, that, none of that stuff ever happened. And Jerry Bordway gets to kind of, like, start over with Captain Marvel yet again, like he's a brand new character. So, that's, you know, DC has no explanation for why they're doing this. They've just decided that it would be better this way. So now we have a new graphic novel by Jerry Ordway. And once again, in this storyline, Black Adam is now much more important, right? Like than he had ever been uh, in the previous continuity because Ordway likes the character. 
And so we get the whole story retold about how Black Adam was the first champion of Shazam who gets corrupted by his power. And in this storyline now, it's not just a few years before he uh, kind of, you know, turns evil. Um, He's a hero for a thousand years, right? Like he doesn't age. Now he's like a hero for like all of like ancient Egyptian history, right? And finally, after a thousand years of being a good guy, there is an evil priest comes into the story who kills his family, right? Like the, his his wife and his kids and all of these other uh, characters. Um, and so Black Adam teams up with these other characters from ancient Egypt that were part of DC continuity in order to find and kill that priest. And so he winds up meeting e- Egyptian prince Khufu, who is the guy who will get reincarnated into being Hawkman. And also... Nabu, who is the alien wizard thing, basically, that, like, powers Dr. Fate. Right? So now we've, like, added two more superheroes worth of, like, backstory and continuity. It turns out they all have, like, ancient Egypt in their backstories. So Jerry Ordway decides, well, if they were all running around in ancient Egypt, they must have been friends. They probably worked together. They must have known each other. These three different characters from thousands of years ago who happened to be in the same country in, you know, same time period or whatever. So they must have known each other. And this becomes part of Black Adam's shtick is that not only was he a great hero, but like several modern day heroes, modern day characters have good memories of him. Like remember all the good deeds that he did before he kind of snapped. Right. And this will be part of Black Adam's story going forward. So with the help of the guy who will be Hawkman and the guy who basically will be Dr. Fate, he tracks down and he kills the priest in revenge for having killed his family. This kind of like sets him on this dark path, right? Like, you know, the, over the next couple of issues, we learn the rest of the stories about how killing that priest and getting his revenge kind of like killed something inside him, right? Like, and he started to slowly become more and more evil and more and more uh, authoritarian, basically. And he winds up taking over the country. His kingdom is called Kandak. And it's basically like a part of Egypt in the real world, right? It's kind of like a, you know, uh, a small country, a small nation that like exists in a part of the, you know, the part of uh, of, of Saudi Arabia, of, of, of not Saudi Arabia, but part of um, Egypt, uh, as it appears in our in our world, right? Um, and so, you know, he goes on, you know, becoming this kind of like authoritarian figure until uh, Shazam. The wizard realizes that his champion has, you know, like gone, has has been corrupted, has gone bad um, and uh, takes away his powers. This time straight up, apparently Shazam can just do that. And when he gets turned back into a mortal, he is aged. He's still not dead. It's now he's kind of like the mummy right now. He's like thousands of years old, still old, like decrepit man. Right. Um, And then buries him in a tomb because for whatever reason, Shazam can't actually kill him. So he imprisons this ancient old man, basically inside a tomb. And then is so unhappy about the whole situation and how this went basically that he does not pick another champion. Shazam doesn't pick another champion for many years, for thousands of years. He decides that the whole picking champions thing is just a bad idea. Mortals can't be trusted with the powers of Captain Marvel. 
right? Yeah, that all makes sense. Right. So this story is it, it it scans. Now we get to modern day, and Billy Batson, orphan Billy Batson, where he's not orphan yet. Uh, for it, his parents are archaeologists, uh, who are working for the Savannas for Doctor Savannah and his family. And Dr. Savannah has discovered the existence or like, you know, stories of this this tomb that supposedly had uh, in ancient Egypt that supposedly was connected to all of this magic and full of like all kind of cool stuff. And so he has hired uh, the Batson family uh, to like dig it up for him. Right. This is how, you know, like the, the, this is how it goes. One of the people who is working on that team with the uh, with the Batsons is a modern day uh, Egyptian whose name is Theo Adam. And Theo Adam is apparently a descendant 5000 years later of uh, of Black Adam. Right. Of Teth Adam. Mm-hmm. Somehow he like dates himself back to he's like the you know the only current living descendant basically from that family. So a whole bunch of stories like happen in which the Batson parents die and Billy is uh you know orphaned and then he goes to beat Shazam and uh you know gets turned into Captain Marvel. All of that stuff is kind of like happening in in on one side of the story. In the other side of the story the Savannas now have access to the temple, uh, the you know the, the 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 tomb basically where Shazam had buried um, Black Adam. So Theo finds a scarab in the tomb and becomes possessed by his ancestor. And so Black Adam comes back to life in his body, and he becomes you know he goes to work at first for Savannah and then kind of like on his own as like the evil rival of Captain Marvel and the two of them have several encounters and fight each other a bunch um but it it's still like you know the the spirit of the ancient Teth Adam is living inside the body of the modern Theo Adam right that he has transformed into a Captain Marvel like body uh he uh after several like fights basically Captain Marvel figures out how to steal his powers and uh when he's lost his power he goes to regular jail as Theo Adam right and put away for the crimes that he committed while he was Black Adam then the war of the gods uh crossover stories happen in DC and Captain Marvel has to get Black Adam out of jail and give him his powers back as part of the whole kind of like war of the gods storyline. And so black Adam and captain Marvel are actually fighting side by side in that story. And captain Marvel starts to kind of realize that, you know, black Adam, he's not really like a a completely over the top bad guy, right? There's good guy parts to him and everything. Um, And so uh, black Adam kind of like convinces him that uh, well, over the course of the story, Theo then dies, right? And so Black Adam comes back to life himself in, you know, like the same looking body, but Theo is no longer part of the of the story. And Black Adam tells Captain Marvel all that evil stuff that I did for this, all all the bad stuff that I did when you and I were fighting. That was the Theo side of me in control. Like, I wasn't in complete control of my own body. I was being influenced by this mortal criminal whose body I was sharing. And I, the new pure Black Adam, am actually a good guy. 
I am, you know, and I, I, I want to be a good guy going forward. I want to be, uh, you know, the champion that Shazam won me to be. You and I should be fighting side by side. And uh, this, you know, Captain Marvel's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm willing to listen, right? Like, I'm willing to, you know, let you prove yourself, basically. But everybody else is going to remember you as a bad guy because you've spent the last few years hanging out with criminals and, you know, committing super crimes and that sort of thing, right? So uh, in the pages now of the Justice Society stories, uh, the villain Johnny Sorrow is putting together a supervillain team called the Injustice Society, which will be made up of a bunch of bad guys who, you know, have a have a grudge against the Justice Society uh, or Justice Society members. And he notes Johnny Sorrow, not knowing any of this Black Adam stuff, uh, any of the the Teth Adam story, notes that Black Adam is kind of like the evil opposite of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is part of the Justice Society at this point, so he tries to recruit. Black Adam to join his team to be kind of like the counter to Shazam. And in order to prove himself to to Captain Marvel, uh, Black Adam agrees to join the team and then betrays them. And this (laughs) is him showing the Justice Society that he's actually a good guy, right? Like he actually joins the bad guy team, pretends to be on their team. And then when the big fight happens, he switches sides. It's just like, haha, I fooled you all along. I've always been a good guy. You know, whatever. And this manages to convince Captain Marvel. They beat the Injustice Society. And Captain Marvel is now convinced that Black Adam is a good guy. uh, And vouches for him. Black Adam wants to join the Justice Society. Captain Marvel vouches for him and says, you know, if you guys vote him onto the team, I promise I will watch out for him. I believe that he's, you know, changed. I believe he's a different person now. And, you know, I'll keep an eye on him and make sure, you know, if if, if he ever, if it turns out that he's lying, I'll be the first one to, you know, chuck him back in jail or whatever and, and, and take care of him. So the Justice Society stories go on. The Justice Society as a group are kind of mixed on whether or not uh, Black Adam is actually like a good guy or not, right? So he has to kind of prove himself, which he does over the course of a few stories. Then they have this big conflict with Cobra. And Cobra has the is the head of this like, you know, international cult of assassins, and they do all kind of evil stuff. And when, after Cobra has killed a whole bunch of people as part of this plot, uh, Black Adam is preparing to kill him. Like, they've, they've beaten him, and Black Adam's about to, like, literally rip his head off. And the Justice Society stops him and says, we're good guys, we don't do that. Cobra's going to jail, he's going to go face, you know, trial for his crimes and everything. And Black Adam is so, you know, annoyed and frustrated that they would let this guy live that he quits the Justice Society. And he winds up taking several of the of the team with him, right? Now we're well into we're into the early two thousands now, and you know the 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 debate over whether or not superheroes kill uh, is kind of a uh, you know is, is kind of a touchy topic basically. And so like several of the members of the Justice Society are like Cobra has killed thousands and thousands of people. Letting him live is a mistake. We agree with Black Adam that uh, he should have. Uh, uh been allowed to he should have killed him right so he black adam moves back to kandak this america 
leaves the Justice Society, moves back to Kandak, where he is regarded as like their greatest hero. And several of these other Justice Society uh, people come with him. Uh, Northwind and Adam Smasher and a couple other people are are like all there with him. And the first thing they do uh, as a group, basically based in Kandak, is hunt down Cobra and kill him. Um, this leads to a big fight with the Justice Society, of course, who were like, didn't we just tell you not to kill that dude? What's wrong with you? Uh, and in the course of that fight, which takes place in Kondak, the Justice Society realize that the people of Kondak think Black Adam is the good guy in this story. And they think the Justice Society are the bad guys. Right? And so, like, the public has turned on them and is, you know, throwing garbage at them in the streets and everything for, you know, messing around with their great hero. And so they're like, okay... This is clearly not going anywhere, and we don't really have the authority to pull you out of this country, uh, you know, to punish you for these crimes. So you have to promise not to leave Kondak anymore, not to, you know, go around causing trouble on the rest of the planet, and we will leave you here in charge of your own country, uh, you know, with your own people, right, where, where you will have this. And he agrees to that. He then becomes kind of a regular background character. These stories were tremendously popular. Justice Society stole, sold really well, and everybody agreed this new version of Black Adam was a super cool character as far as they were concerned, right? So he appears in a bunch of different stories, most of them kind of like playing on the idea that the rest of the bad guys of the DC universe think he's one of them, right? Because they all remember him as the bad guy. They don't realize that he like is trying to reform, that he's not really like them anymore, right? And so... Uh, when Lex Luthor and his team are kind of like putting together this kind of like secret society of, of supervillains uh, in the stories that are leading up to Final Crisis, once again, they send an invite to Black Adam. And, you know, they want him on their side, right? And he's like, I'm not so sure, but, uh, you know, I'm interested, but I'm going to kind of keep a wary distance. I'm still, you know, I, the, the important thing is that my people in conduct here are, are protected, are safe. And so I'm not going to go out and join you in your, you know, ordinary attacks on superheroes. But, uh, you know, let's keep talking, basically. And uh, it's during that set of stories that Adriana Tomas... Uh, who is going to come up later in the story, basically, is given to Black Adam as a slave uh, by Intergang, by, like, part of, like, the criminal organization that is uh, setting up Final Crisis. Um, and he frees her and falls in love with her, and we're going to tell that whole story later on because she becomes an important character later on. Um, but uh, Black Adam gives Adriana and her brother Amon powers, uh, and they become... Uh, Super beings, superheroes is kind of like a sketchy way to describe them, but super beings, basically, as Isis and Osiris. And so he's got a little kind of like Marvel family of his own now to rival Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel, etc. He's kind of, you know, like building a family, uh, you know, in, in Kondak. Um, Amon, Osiris, takes in a creature called Sobek, who is a crocodile man, um, and then is betrayed him and it turns out that Sobek has in fact all this time been part of the Four Horsemen. He's actually Famine uh, in the Four Horsemen and this is all part of the New 52 uh, uh, storylines. Um, and Famine kills uh, Amon 
and uh, Isis also dies over the course of the story. I don't think Sobek kills him specifically. And uh, Famine, using his powers, basically causes a, a blight on all of the crops of Kondak. So now all of the people of Kondak are, you know, are, are dying and wondering why their hero isn't doing anything about this, right? Like, because now they're starving in the streets. And Black Adam is so infuriated by all of this stuff that has gone on, by the death of his wife and the death of his adopted son and the attack on his country, that he basically declares war on just about everybody who had anything to do with Intergang or the Four Horsemen or any of these other characters, Darkseid and the Bible of Crime and everything. He basically like single-handedly decides to go out and just kill everybody who has ever annoyed him. So the first thing he does is destroy the entire country of Bialya, uh, which was where uh, the Four Horsemen were, were based. Um, and then turns, and the next thing he's going to do is wipe out all of China, because that's where the science squad who created Sobek were. Um, at that point, basically, all of the heroes of the DC universe have basically kind of teamed up against him in a storyline that was called World War III which is basically yeah. everybody in the world is fighting Black Adam, who is, you know, like motivated by vengeance and has clearly gone back over to the dark side himself. Though he continues to insist that he's a good guy, he's just getting revenge on the people who did these terrible things to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Marvel and Zatanna, at the payoff at the end of uh, the World War Three storyline, basically managed to... Uh, briefly summon a, a lightning bolt that transforms Black Adam back into Teth Adam just for a moment, right? Like they can't stop him from saying his word again, but for a few seconds at least, he's been transformed back to his mortal form. He's lost his powers. And while that's happened, Zatanna casts a spell that changes what his magic word is. So it is no longer Shazam. Saying Shazam no longer summons the lightning bolt. Now there's a new magic word, and he doesn't know what it is. Right? So he right. doesn't have access to his powers. He's been turned just into an ordinary mortal guy, basically, who can't access these powers anymore because the spell has changed and has mad- his magic word has changed. So at the end of the comic, he's just basically left as um, you know, angry guy saying every word that he can think of in the hopes that it's the magic word that's that Captain Marvel and Zatanna picked, <laughs> right? To be his new yeah. magic word. But like the last page is literally him just kind of like in an alley, basically, you know, like wearing, you know, rags and just repeating nonsense words until he can, you know, come up with what the uh, the magic word is. For, you know, listeners who, uh, who, who care about this thing and don't mind being spoilers, it is eventually revealed that the word that he, magic word he needs to say is chocolate egg cream is a perfect thing for Captain Marvel to have picked. All of this eventually, so that's where we leave Black Adam for a few years. He then comes back again. We do a whole storyline where uh, he gets, he manages to get uh, some of his powers back, uh, fights the Justice League. He decides to use a Lazarus pit to bring Isis back to life, uh, but it doesn't really work and she comes back as an evil zombie and, you know, more terrible stuff happens. Um, it pretty much never works except for for Rachel Ghoul and Jason Todd, I think. Yeah, right, exactly. And Jason kind of came back broken too, so, you know. That's true. I think he's okay-ish now, but yeah. Right. But yeah, so like Isis, it totally doesn't work. Um, 
tries to get Dr. Fate to help him, but then Felix Faust is pretending to be Dr. Fate and, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff goes on. Um, he then, yeah. at one point when uh, Mary Marvel desperately needs, a, she's lost her powers, she gets him to help her. And he gives her a piece of his powers the same way that Captain Marvel had once given her a piece of his powers, right? So, uh, you know, she believes that he's still a good guy and she's trying to reform him, but he's had enough of like trying to pretend to be a good guy and he's really not kind of like having any of it. Um, Felix Faust brings zombie Isis back to life again and there's a whole, you know, kind of like turns into one more battle. She manipulates uh, Captain Marvel and Black Adam into kind of like one more fight and the end of which Shazam has has gotten involved instead uh, as well and takes away all of the bad guys' powers, takes away Black Adam's powers and Isis's powers and Black Adam and Adriana are turned into statues in Kandak. And that's the last we see of them. That's literally where they are, presumably just about to be, you know, to come back anytime the next writer wants them. But that's when Flashpoint happens and the DC continuity gets turned upside down again. So post Flashpoint, we then meet Black Adam again, where none of this has happened. Right. Black Adam is we're basically starting over these stories yet again, as DC does every, you know, kind of eight or 10 years. Um, and the new Teth Adam was now a slave. He wasn't a prince of Egypt at all. He was actually a slave. And his families, his family were killed by the dictators of Kandak. And this inspired him to kind of like reach out to, you know, like anybody to give me the powers that I need to overthrow mm -hmm. these dictators and avenge my family. And that's where Shazam steps in and says, you seem like a good guy and I'm going to give you powers so that you can do good deed of overthrowing the dictators of Kandak. Um, and, you know, this goes on. He, Black Adam does that, overthrows Kandak, becomes the, becomes the leader of the country, rebels against Shazam again, and Shazam chucks him into another dimension again. Uh, there is then a story that kind of takes place in the middle of this where Shazam uh, brings him back in the 10th century uh because they uh they they needed him for a battle and this is when Shazam has teamed up with Hippolyta of the Amazons and a bunch of other stuff is going on and it's kind of a confusing story but the end of it is that uh at the end of the story Black Adam has been helping them but then decides to turn evil again and Shazam has to team up with Hippolyta and lock him in a tomb he then returns a story that we have not read that is only kind of like referred to uh, in which apparently his tomb gets opened and he fights the Marvel family. Again, he fights the assorted, you know, Shazam family. Now, once again, not using the name Captain Marvel anymore uh, because it's, the, it's now a group of characters uh, who all share the Shazam powers and they all kind of like go under the name Shazam. Um, all of this is referred to in backstory, basically, uh, assuming that you've read the previous pre-Flashpoint uh, version of it, right? This has not actually turned up in a comic book anywhere yet. It's just kind of like referred to as backstory, um, in which we learn that he had a wife, uh, Adriana, who never apparently became Isis, but instead uh, died fighting for Kandak's freedom somehow, and that some of the heroes, uh, like Adam Smasher, 
helped him in the modern day overthrow the new dictators of Kandak. And so now he's back in charge of Kandak. Um, Adam Smasher literally appears in like two panels of this, you know, ex explanation, uh, kind of establishing that he was there, but we've never heard the story of how they get together. He winds up allying himself with the Justice League, along with a bunch of other villains when the crime syndicate attacks. Right? Like that's a whole group of villains decide that they would rather help the Justice League save Earth than like become the, you know, slaves of the, of the crime syndicate. Um, and in those stories, he fights uh, Ultraman a couple of times. And we also meet the crime syndicate version of Shazam, who is literally called Mazas, which is Shazam backwards. That he has the exact same powers as Shazam given to him by the gods, the same gods, but their names are put in reverse order in his name. So his magic word is Mazas. Um, when the crime syndicate is uh, beaten, Luther author offers to kind of like have him join up with the US government with a bunch of supervillains are kind of like getting uh you know sweet deals with the government under Luther's uh plan but he turns them down uh he shows up then in a bunch more kind of like the next few big crossovers he's kind of in the backstory of uh, of what's happening um in doomsday clock he basically offers the entire country of Kandak to be like a haven for non-american metahumans to come live and not be persecuted by their home governments and everything. Um, this storyline has not really gone anywhere yet, but it apparently is still the case that in current DC continuity, like Kandak is basically opened its borders uh, to any superhumans who want to come live there um, and be free of persecution from their own countries. Uh, in the Metal Wars, uh, he does kind of like, you know, does a, a full on face turn. Once again, he helps the, the, the good guys. And now with the Justice League recently all dead, he has joined one of the replacement teams of the current lineup of the Justice League, literally in like the, you know, this year's comics, basically. He is part of the team of superheroes that are replacing the apparently dead Justice League. Sort of like half, really just hangs around and berates uh, Jonathan. Um, so true, yes. Um... He's like he's been off and on, I think, throughout this uh, throughout this event comic. Like, I think he's been on the team and then off and then on and then off and then on. He continues to have that like attitude, right? Like he's like he's the guy who can't follow rules. He's the guy who does not accept kind of like the modern superhero code. He considers himself to be a good guy and is horrified by the idea that he would hang out with like criminals like Lex Luthor. But still, from the good guy's perspective, right? He does not really kind of match up yeah. right and it's pretty clear this is this is what the rock is playing up in the movie right like this is the version of the character is like a guy who's got his own opinions about what it takes to be a superhero and those opinions are clearly going to crash into the uh you know the expectations of the rest of the heroes of the dc universe very clearly with the sort of tone they're going for um in the uh advertisements right exactly in the trailers anyway I think that literally gets us up to uh, two days ago uh, as of time of recording. <laughs> so next time we will get back together and go over all the other characters. Who all the are... other characters who we've been promised are appearing in Black Adam that will be introduced to the DC universe. We've got a bunch of them. So, uh, you know, let's break this one off here and uh, hit the next one next time we meet. Absolutely. So uh, join us next time uh, where we go over all of the characters uh, that we were promised. Um, uh, thanks so much for joining us I've been Steve Tasker I'm Darren Watts 
Have a good night. Uh, have a good night. And please remember, if you enjoy these episodes, uh, come support us on our Patreon at patreon.com uh, backslash explain this. Throw us a few bucks. This is a labor of love, but even labors of love cost money. Absolutely. Bye-bye.